Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm so excited to share with you some incredible interviews with wonderful entrepreneurs, business owners, and amazing people in my life that are practicing gratitude, self-love, and living with kindness. I also sprinkle in a few solo episodes, and occasionally you'll see family members join in for the fun as well. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to welcome Kavita Maharaj. Our interview explores a number of relevant topics, including how her yoga studio has navigated the COVID-19 crisis. In our interview, we discuss how they adapted when the pandemic was first announced and how they are readjusting now that some of the restrictions have been listed. We also do a deep dive on how it's critical to navigate the dark times in order to appreciate the light. And we talk about why having gratitude is crucial through to getting through some of these deep and difficult moments. I want to extend an invitation to you. I've started a new community on Facebook called Gratitude Ambassadors, and I'd love for you to join us there. In this community, we encourage each other to practice gratitude. We remind each other to be grateful, and it's a great place if you just want to feel good and see something positive on Facebook. Here's how you find us. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash gratitude ambassadors. The link will be in the show notes, or you can also just do a search on Facebook for gratitude ambassadors and you'll find us in groups. Can't wait to see you there. And when you're welcomed as a new member of our community, let me know that you found us through the podcast. I really enjoy it when our podcast members become a member of our community as well. So here we go with another great self-love interview with Kavita Maharaj. Hi everyone, it's Julie Boye here and I'm really excited to share one of my wonderful self-love interviews and I have a very special guest today. So I want to welcome Kavita Maharaj. Good morning. Good morning, Julie. I am so happy to have you here for this video and podcast recording. Kavita and I have actually, it's so funny, we live in the same neighborhood basically, but we have yet to meet in person, which is kind of part of the story that I'm gonna get into. But Kavita is a traditional practicing yogi and she is the director of Red Door Yoga here in Lanceville, which is on Vancouver Island, just outside of Nanaimo, because you might not have heard of Lanceville, but if you've been following me, you know how much I love my little community of Lanceville. And she's been training uh, yoga instructors for over 17 years. She is a multi-passionate entrepreneur, which is why I'm so excited to share her story with you today. And she's just had some really amazing perspectives over the past couple months that I thought so many of you would be interested in learning more about Kavita and what she's up to. So Kavita, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit of background and your story about kind of how you got to where you are today as a multi-passionate entrepreneur and practicing yogi. I actually was born in Canada, in Toronto, but uh, my parents were from the Caribbean in Trinidad. And so, you know, I was about seven months old when the entire family moved back to Trinidad. And so I actually grew up in the Caribbean until I was about 13 years old. Um, and then we moved back to Canada, back to Toronto. And uh, so uh, Julie and I actually also just discovered that apparently we didn't necessarily grow up that 
far away from each other either. No, we <laughs> didn't. Completely different province. Um, so, but you know, when I was about three years old, my father became a yogi, a, a traditionally practicing yogi, and so he started to introduce me to yoga at that point in time. And I consider myself incredibly lucky to have grown up with a yogic father and to have had that type of mentorship for my entire life. Um, well, what's interesting as well is that he introduced me to yoga you know, through the internal practices. We refer to them as internal practices. So meditation and pranayama, the, the internal uh, deep practices of the mind. And uh, so it, was not, it wasn't until later on that I started to actually practice physical yoga. Uh, whereas most people in North America, they, they will be introduced to yoga from a physical viewpoint, and it takes them a little while to go into the internal practices. And the entire purpose of yoga is to kind of spiral you inward, to, to deal with the real issue, which is internal. So I consider myself grateful to have even had that introduction from that internal point to start with. I actually lived in Ontario for about 13 years, and then I moved out to BC. So I've actually been in BC now the longest I've ever been in any place in my life, because up until then, I had spent 13 years in the Caribbean, 13 years in Ontario. And when I hit 13 years in BC, I thought, am I supposed to move? <laughs> but I think I'm quite settled, settled in BC. Lanceville is my home, and I, and I love being here. Oh, me too. I love it. It's such a wonderful place to live. And I, I keep saying on my posts, it's like, if I had to choose a place to have to kind of live out a pandemic, this is the place that I would choose. I agree. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> there's just, there's so much nature and the ocean and, and just a real sense of community that I love. And this love for, you know, BC West Coast culture and lifestyle, and you really embody that. And I want to talk a little bit about kind of how we connected. So I started a Facebook group called Lanceville Business and Community Supporters because our community had a community page, but it wasn't specifically for businesses. And it was really more for community information, education, that kind of thing. So I felt that as a business owner here in Lanceville, which is a really small community, it's like 3,500 people, including the children. Yes. <laughs> really, it's not that many adults, but there's a lot of entrepreneurs and small businesses right here. So I started this group to have a place where businesses could feel free to share. You know, that's, I think the hardest part of a lot of Facebook groups is that a lot of them are like, no spam, no self-promotion. I'm like, please promote yourself. Please yeah. tell us what you're doing. And at the time we were really focusing on all these new bylaw changes that were happening in our little village. And that's where we connected. And I was like, Kavita, I'm going to come to a class. I'm so excited. You're around the corner. I never knew you were there. I never knew she was there. I drove by sometimes five or six times a day. I literally drove by your studio entrance and never knew you were there. So that was exciting. Except that <laughs> two weeks later, yes, we had COVID-19 <laughs> and everything all of a sudden shut down. And what I want to kind of ask you about Kavita is you go from running this studio, which is a live in person running all different kinds and types of classes to very quickly 
figuring out how to do things online. I'd love for you to share that experience with us. You know, before the pandemic, we were running, I believe, 22 to 23 classes a week on uh, in the studio. So it was wow. physical classes in the studio. And I've been training yoga teachers, like you said, for over 17 years. We were just about to start our teacher training, our, our you know, because we, we start in April and then we go through to September once a month. And then I, I've got different levels of teachers that I'm training at the same time. And so there were all these in-person things that we were doing. Um, and then, of course, I have my private sessions. And then the pandemic hit and we were paying attention to what the government was saying. And the government was saying, OK, you know, not more than 50 people. And, and so we were like, OK, we're still good. And, you know, we were we were we were making sure we we're adhering. But then I started to get some emails from my students and they were worried. They said, you know, what are you going to do? And, you know, I said, well, we're following all the protocols and we're still good. And what we did was we removed all the mats from the studio and removed all the props from the studio, except for the, the blocks. And what we did, the blocks all have covers on them. And so um, what we did was if someone used a block, even if they didn't use it, they just took it out of the cupboard. So they had touched it. Uh, we then had them at the end of the class, put it to the side and we would launder these covers Time. every day yeah. um, in order to allow everything that was in the cabinet to be fresh um, sanitized uh, and what have you but we actually only ended up doing that for a few days yeah. because within a matter of it was probably two three days within a matter of two three days what had happened was uh, students were begin beginning to become progressively more worried based on the information that was coming in from the news uh, the, the news outlets and so uh, they weren't coming to class as well. And we were thinking, okay, some of them aren't coming because they're worried. Some of them aren't coming because they should be worried, as in they are in um, a population, a vulnerable population, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the things I want to say, Julie, is that when I started Red Door Yoga about 18 years or so ago, um, I had to sit down and decide what do I want the studio to be? How do I want to set up Red Door Yoga? How do I want to set up uh, the payment stuff for Red Door Yoga? And this was actually a big decision to make. And I know a lot of facilities, especially gyms, they tend to work on membership. And in a membership, the idea of that business model is we get a lot of people to buy a membership, but we are actually hoping that a lot of them don't use it. Because if they don't use it, then we still have space and yet we've got lots of money coming in. And when I was setting up Red Door Yoga all those years ago, I thought, that's not what I want. Because I actually want my students to do their yoga. Yes. I want them to practice. Yes. So that's why I didn't set up our studio that way. I didn't want them paying for stuff and not coming and doing it because the whole purpose of me running the studio was to get people to practice yoga so that it would change their minds. It would change their, their internal world that would then cascade into the external world. I wanted them to practice, not just pay. Yeah. And so that's why I set up the studio with the way I did, which is in modules where people only pay for what they're taking. And then when we take a break, they're not paying during that break at all. I'm bringing that up because when students started not showing up for class, it also brought up that part of me that's like, some of my students aren't coming because they're scared. Some of them shouldn't be here. And I don't want them to not be able to practice. I don't want them to be missing their classes. And I thought, how do we handle this? 
And then also, you know, all ourselves listening to the news thinking, okay, I think the best way to deal with this is we need to be able to go online and we need to make sure that because we're taking away the in-person aspect from them, which I think is very important, you know, because we're sure. taking the in-person aspect from them, I thought I need to be able to give them as much as I can give them. And so what we did was we immediately said, okay, we're going to start to record our classes. They're not live. I, I'm going to do them and be filmed. I'm going to record it. And then I would put it up on YouTube, but it would be unlisted so that only those who were registered for classes would receive a link from me for that unlisted class. And uh, we were also doing it such that I put out a link to a new class every day, except for one day a week. So six days a week. Wow. And uh, I would love to tell you it was a very easy transition, but when we first did this, it took us 12 to 16 hours to record and edit and upload a one hour class. And we were doing this six days a week. So when we first did it for the first few weeks, that was our life. Our whole life was recording and editing and uploading just to get this one hour class up for our students. Uh, The good news is that we now have a system and yeah, we now have learned, yeah. <laughs> with the um with the software and whatnot and so now it takes us about three hours three hours is so for a one hour class yeah for a one hour class yeah. yes it's more than you know if we were doing this live but one of the reasons we like doing it recorded this way is because um i'm a little bit of a perfectionist <laughs> admit that and so I like being able to give my students something that's very high quality okay um, and so yeah. by doing the editing we're able to put in music make sure the adjustment of my voice with the music is so that they can all hear clearly that the we've got different angles being shot of wow. me class. so like that high quality was really important to me so I'm okay with putting in three hours to give them a one-hour class um, and what it also has allowed. I keep saying wow because honestly, I had no idea all this stuff was going on behind the scenes, <laughs> right? Like I knew. I want to pause just for a moment to just, from a perspective of someone who didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. Yes. One thing I admired that I saw from you is that very quickly, like mm-hmm. honestly, very quickly, you pivoted, and a lot. And I hate that word. I promised I would never say it again. I'm sorry. <laughs> you decided that you needed to meet your clients where they were because of the fear and uncertainty and for some, some real, real risk, because we do live in a population that is much older than the rest of uh, Canada. Mm-hmm. And you, and you say we, is that you and your husband? That would be myself and okay. my husband. Yes. Yeah. Cause I was like, um, you had help and I believe yes, it was I, your I, husband. There's no way I could do this without my husband, honestly. Yeah. I do. How could, I mean, I don't know how you could have, honestly, what you, when you're talking about different angles and the editing and the, And it is a real, what I applaud you for is that you listened to your clients and you, this commitment you'd made to your business 18 years ago about being there to serve the clients for their practice Mm -hmm. that guided your decisions to what do I do during a global pandemic? Yes. And I admire that a lot because it, that inspired you to take action. Whereas a lot of business owners just were not able to take action because A, they didn't have a clear vision of what maybe their business was going to look like mm-hmm. in the future. And also sometimes there was a, you felt like you were kind of waiting, like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yes. And you instead invested like 12 to 16 hour days almost immediately 
And I really admire that. I think that's an incredible um, testament to the kind of business owner and entrepreneur that you are, this, this true caring for your customer and your client, which is something that I, as someone who you know lives gratitude all the time, I talk about creating that exceptional customer experience. And to me, it seems like that's really what your focus is for your community. So where are you kind of at today? We're at the end of May. So you've been doing this for several months and things are starting to open up. What does that mean for you and and your studio? So um, we actually, last week, we sent out an email to all of our students with a a four question survey. And that was so that they could help us decide what to do in terms of the reopening. So the, the good news is that we are currently running a completely online module right now, and that module runs until June 21st. Oh. So our students are going to keep getting their online classes until June 21st, and my husband and I both agreed we're not reopening the studio before June 21st, no matter what was going on with where the government... Okay, so, so before you'd already decided this entire module, we're going to do it all online? All online. Okay. Right. And so that also, in our mind, it also gives us time to see as places are reopening, what happens in our society? Yeah. You know, is there a spike? How are people feeling and whatnot? And that gives us time to decide really and truly what we're going to do for the next module. And our next module goes from June 22nd until August 16th. And that's our last module for the summer. We always take a three-week break after that. And so um, we put out this four question survey and the first question actually said, okay, if we reopen the physical studio, uh, you know, with new uh, cleaning protocols and uh, social distancing and what have you, and social distancing, by the way, is going to mean that we used to have uh, up to 24 students in a physical class. Social distancing means that we will have 11 students at most. So that's significant in terms of that drop. And that's in order to give everybody six feet away from each other. Um, and so if we, I said, if we open this, reopen the studio with social distancing and with new, you know, in, increased cleaning protocols, which means cleaning the studio after every single class, which also means you can't run one class. That's right. You need a, the gap in between yeah. to allow, and you need the gap in between to allow students to leave, to leave and then the new students to come in and then to, yes so, right it's right there's so much half an hour gap that's not layering that's and so not. yeah and so your revenue because your revenue model is based on serving your clients for them to practice that becomes a really big question of can i serve my community in a physical studio space the way that i would before and still really keep the lights on so yeah. I think a lot of business owners are really struggling right now with these questions. And I love, again, you went to your community first and you asked your community, you know, here's what this might look like. Are you in? Yeah. What would you do? And so the question was, uh, if we opened it for the next module end of June, um, you know, which statement best describes you. And the first one was, I would, I'll I'll absolutely be signing up for those, those classes. The second one is I'll wait till the September, October module. Mm. The next one is I'd rather stay with the online classes right now. Um, and there was a, a, there was an other where they could just fill it in completely because something we hadn't thought about. Right. Um, and our students have been great. Uh, The, the interesting thing is that we almost to the exact number so far, all of the answers are split by a third, a third sign up right away. That's so helpful. Oh my gosh. 
they want to. So what that means for us mm-hmm. um, is that it says to us, okay, um, where we would usually have, let's say, 150 students a week taking classes, that means we now have 30, 40 students a week yeah. taking classes. That's a huge drop in terms of running. But it actually says to me, oh, well, that means you don't run 22 classes on your schedule. Good news, because you can't. No, not with <laughs> spacing out the classes and right. all the rest of it. It says to me, okay, you need to have maybe four to five classes total. Right. You reopen the studio. And okay. then potentially do some more online work too. Exactly. For the so people could sign up for a specific online so this, Kavita, this is such an important conversation because I think so many people that are business owners right now are struggling with how to be creative and serve their clients in a time where we don't know because things could very much change. We know there's a second wave coming. We don't know when. We're very blessed on the island. You know, there, it, I, as of today, which is May, we're recording this May 22nd, there's been no new cases on the island for 14 days. The advantage of living on an island and closing a ferry, you know, and only having one access, it has really been a positive benefit, but we know that's going to change. We know that's going to change over the summer. So I, I'm going to switch gears for a minute because one of the reasons I reached out to you is because you've been doing these really wonderful videos for everyone, these short videos. I believe you call it a mudra. The mini sutras. Mini sutra, sorry. Mini sutra. I <laughs> don't know the language, but I'm That's learning. Okay. Mini sutra. <laughs> but your mini sutra you did re- very recently, I think maybe a week or two ago, was, was about right. navigating the darkness and why that's so important. And I would love for you to share a little bit about what, it, what do you mean? Like, why is it important that we're navigating through this really difficult time? Well, here's the thing. Um, if you ask everyone, I think everyone, everyone would say they'd rather not have the dark times. All of us, myself included, say, you know, I'd rather not have the dark times. We'd love it to be light all the time, except for the fact that in reality, that's problematic for us. It's problematic because um, only in the face of darkness do we appreciate light. Okay. And there is, there are beautiful things about darkness as well, right? So only in the face of of these juxtapositions, these dualities in life, do we really appreciate either. Um, You know, let me put it to you this way. I grew up in the Caribbean. The Caribbean has two seasons, sunny and rainy. Those are literally the two seasons, right? (laughs) And because we have a rainy season, we appreciate the sunny and vice versa. But as a result of it always being about 30 degrees in the Caribbean, Um, As somebody who's lived in North America, you will find that if you move back to a country where it's hot all the time, you do miss the changing seasons. Uh, even though you would sit in, the, you know, in here and say, boy, do I wish I was in Mexico or something. The truth is you do miss the changing seasons because you do miss changes that allow you to have appreciation. For and gratitude. Yeah, it allows It is true. Time. Like without the darkness and the difficulty, it is harder to find gratitude because gratitude, we can be grateful for what's in front of our face and we just don't even know it's happening. But having been through this massive global change, it opens the door for gratitude. It brings awareness. So, you know, if you ask anyone, they usually say that they'd like it to be light all the time. But the other reason that it being a light all the time is problematic is that there's a lack of growth there. (laughs) And from a yogic viewpoint, we are here to evolve. Therefore, let me put it a different way. We are here to, to face down the difficult times. 
We're here for the difficulty. Yes, we're here to enjoy the, the coasting times, the times where things are smooth and easy, but we are here to show up for the difficult times because that is what brings along our evolution. That is what brings our, along our growth. One of the things that happened when uh, the pandemic hit and uh, we, as you had put it, we pivoted in terms of like, okay, we're going to go online because this is the way we have needed to, to con, you know, continue to serve our students. Um, I said to my husband that I was actually kind of grateful because I probably would never have gone online in any, like in the near future, uh, if something like this wasn't happening. And I said, at this point, because of the, let's call it the chaos and the unknown and the, the just the overwhelming nature of this pandemic, I said, um, students will be even more, what's the word I'm looking for? they'll be even uh, more accepting of the learning curve that I'll need to go through for this. That even though I am a, a bit of a perfectionist in terms of what I give to my students, I know I can't be perfect about it. And my students will be understanding. They will know that we had to do this overnight and whatnot. And as a result, it kind of gave me a little bit of ease, a little bit of breathing room there to say, okay, we're gonna do this thing we've never done before. And we're going to have to learn, right? So um, in the midst of this overwhelming difficulty that we've all, we're all facing, there's, there are things to be really grateful for. The overwhelming difficulty gave you room. Yes. Gave you space. Yeah. And like you said, it's like this part of the practice is growing and evolving. And the only way like we grow and evolve is through the hard times and the challenges, you know? my career for 14 years has been in leadership and developing new leaders. And when my leaders are going through a particularly hard time and they're having interpersonal challenges or, you know, difficulties with, you know, their businesses. And I just, I say, you have to honor right now that this is a leadership challenge. It doesn't mean that it's not hard. It doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean that it's not difficult and you're going to feel pain and probably emotion and there'll be tears, but on the other side of it is the growth and, you know, getting to that next level in our leadership requires, it requires the darkness. And now it's like you said, it's almost like we all are in it. So we actually all have an opportunity, mm -hmm. which I think is an important perspective. I think it's okay to say, you know what, some really good things have come out of this. Yes. Now, I want to say something uh, here that I think is important because sometimes, especially in um, a situation like this, some people uh, might be listening and go, well, it's really easy for Julia, it's really easy for Kavita to be grateful for this stuff because nothing really bad has happened to them, right? <laughs> yep. so here's the truth. Here's the truth. I actually just lost a friend to COVID-19. A friend of mine just died from COVID-19. And I will admit to you wholeheartedly that you know, when I, when I found out about it, it was devastating. And I spent the whole, my husband didn't even realize I was bothered by it because in, in very, what we call in, in Ayurveda, Pitta, I'm a Pitta, fire and water is my makeup in very Pitta style. I'm a, an internal processor. So I spent the whole day, you know, working and doing things and whatnot, but I was processing the whole time. And by the time the evening came, the dam broke and I was in tears. I was sobbing. And, and he was like, 
what's going on because he didn't realize that I had been so impacted by this loss of this friend. And I'm, I'm bringing that up because what I'm saying is that, you know, I have, I think about her every day since she died. So I, I it's not that I haven't lost and I haven't felt real pain with this. And, you know, we're looking at the business. I've, I've had Red Door Yoga. I've been running Red Door Yoga for 18 years. It's very important to me because I believe this is my life's purpose. Not the studio is my life's purpose, but that serving my students and teaching yoga and, and, and teaching this philosophy is my life purpose. And so things have changed drastically. None of us know what the future holds, etc. cetera. Um, so I'm, I'm putting this forth because I want you guys to know that it's not because things have been so easy that I can express the importance of this darkness. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, you don't, you don't appreciate the darkness because it's somehow just mildly dark. You ha- all of us need to learn to appreciate that darkness, no matter how dark it is, because the darkness is the evolution. My friend, I am so sorry for your loss during this time. And I, I feel like losing someone we love, whether it's to COVID-19 or other things right now is extremely difficult because the ways that we traditionally grieve are not there. It's not accessible anymore. It's just not accessible. And it makes that, that process of grief much less accessible. And so what you said about, you know, the practices you have, the, the, you know, all these things that you've been doing for 18 years through your life's mission and your purpose, all these things will help us to get through the dark times. Mm -hmm. And I do appreciate that you shared that because I sometimes feel the same as someone who, you know, is publicly a gratitude guru. My business is called Wake Up With Gratitude. The reason I practice so much gratitude in my life is because there's a lot of difficult things that I've been through and I'm going through coincidentally during a pandemic, but my business is thriving. Like it, it's such a dichotomy and it's so hard to understand, but for those of us who have spent years like focusing on growth and what's next. We know that they all work together and you don't always understand why things happen that, that there's no point in asking the question why, but it's how do I take this, what I'm learning, what I'm going through and what comes next. And we are in a very confusing time. I, there is so much more for us to talk about. <laughs> I'm, check, I'm re- checking my time and I realize we've been having this really wonderful conversation. So this is going to be part one of Kavita and I's interview. But Kavita, I love asking my guests, if you could share one thing that people who are listening or watching could change right now to help them practice more gratitude or self-love or navigate the darkness better or more easily, or just even start to move forward, what would the one thing be for you? The, what I would say is this, and it's a little, and maybe I'll do a little mini sutra on this soon. (laughs) And we'll share it. (laughs) Is that, um, you know, that it said that women are, are better at multitasking than men. 
there's a physiological reason that that occurs. First of all, multitasking does not mean that you're doing two things simultaneously. It means that you're jumping back and forth between one thing and the next, which I don't recommend, by the way. <laughs> right? I don't recommend the multitasking. It tends to create anxiety and, and, and stirs up the mind. That's why I don't recommend it. But there's a reason that women are, 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 have a, a greater tendency, tend to be better at that jumping back and forth between two or, or more tasks. And that's because if you look at the brain of a uh, of female versus the brain of a male, there's a little bridge that bridges the left and right hemisphere called the corpus callosum. And the corpus callosum is larger in a, a female than it is in a male. And so you can think about it like if you have these two hemispheres with a bridge, the bigger the bridge, the wider the bridge, the more easily you can cross back and forth. So women can jump back and forth between the left and right hemisphere very quickly and very easily because of the size of the corpus callosum. Men, not as easily because their bridge is smaller between the two hemispheres. And I, I bring that up because when we look at our thoughts, our thoughts are dualistic. If I can help someone, I can hurt someone. Okay. If I choose to be happy, I can choose to be sad. Um, happiness actually goes hand in hand with sadness. They, they, they're the two sides of the coin, as it were. And so with that, we realize that if I am thinking in a way that is grateful, so if I'm, I'm thinking with gratitude, then the dualistic aspect of being ingracious is also there, but it doesn't happen simultaneously. It happens as a separate thought, usually so quickly that it seems like it's happening at the same time. But the good news is this thought of ingratitude does not actually need to have as much weight as this thought. What gives a thought weight is whether you go down the rabbit hole with it. The thoughts are occurring all the time. What gives them weight is when we stick on it and when we start to build around it. So what I'm pointing out is if you are not creating gratitude, chances are it's because you're stuck on ingracious, let's use that word, ingracious thoughts. Mm -hmm. And those thoughts start to create your reality. So if you choose instead, if you notice that you're unhappy with things, re recognize that the dualistic aspect of that, which is gratitude, is completely accessible to you right now. You just need to cross the bridge and go, what can I be grateful for? And then you need to be more interested in this thought than you are over here. It's not that you're not allowed to have ingracious thoughts. All of us have ingracious thoughts, okay? Yep. <laughs> but what you need to do is go, yep, I see you, but I'm really interested in this guy. <laughs> Okay. This is so, I've never heard uh, that explanation before. And I absolutely loved it because you really painted a picture of how our brain functions and this bridge and just going from one to the other. And I, for those that are listening to the audio, I always link back to the YouTube video so you can see the video because Kavita has some really great expressions and she's using her hands to explain this super well. So Gets us on video too. That was wonderful. Thank you. That is, I love it when um, you have done probably close to 50 interviews, if not more at this time. And I love it when I connect with someone and they share something that I've just never heard before. I think that's why I enjoy doing this so much is just this, I'm learning all the time as I do this. So Kavita, how do we connect with you? Where do we find you? 
Well, um, you can find me, there's a Red Door Yoga Facebook page, yeah. or, uh, so you can, you can definitely like and follow the Red Door Yoga Facebook page. Um, I have to admit, I haven't posted as much on the, the Facebook page recently. I would usually be posting several times a week, but with the recordings and whatnot we're doing for the online classes, I've been posting less. Um, but every Saturday, I do still post our mini sutras. Mm-hmm. So there's one coming out this Saturday. Um, and then you can also contact me via the Red Door Yoga website. So it's reddooryoga.ca. Okay. And you can, if you want to email me for any reason, it's Kavita, K-A-V-I-T-A, at reddooryoga.ca. Um, I will also mention here that I actually run a mentorship because you were saying that you work with, with leaders and whatnot. And I actually have mentees um, and I mentor them on self-mastery. Oh, and the reason I, I do that is because, uh, like I said, uh, growing up with a yogic father uh, and uh, him as a mentor, I consider myself very lucky to have had that. And I came to recognize that, you know, people don't make as much progress on their path as they ideally should because they don't have adequate mentorship. And that I think is a little bit of a failing of the North American model. Yeah. Um, because it's it's yeah. certainly not the case with the the Eastern model, and so it was my way of of bringing the East more into our, our Western uh, version of the yogic path. That is amazing. Thank you for mentioning that. I it's really important. And the advantage now is that you have already transitioned to online. So those <laughs> that don't live near Lanceville <laughs> on Vancouver Island can access your work much more easily. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kavita, it has been so wonderful. I am excited for our next conversation, whether we record it or not. I really feel extremely grateful that you came into our community um, through this Facebook page that I started. And I'm just so excited to share really all this goodness that you've shared during our interview. And um, I just, many blessings to you and your family. And here's to the you know exciting future of Red Door Yoga, whichever direction it goes. Absolutely. And, and to you and yours as well, Julie, thank you for having me on. And thank you for everyone who uh, was viewing and, and listening. Oh, it's so great. Have a wonderful day, everyone. My friend, you did it. You made it all the way to the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking around. I would love it if you take the time to subscribe to the podcast so that when new episodes are released, they're automatically downloaded so you can listen to them anywhere you are. It would really mean the world to me if you would give this podcast a five-star review, should you think that I deserve it, on your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much for taking the 30 to 90 seconds to share your rating and give a little review of the podcast. It helps other people to know if they should be listening to this podcast or not. And of course, if you've listened this far, I know it's made a positive impact in your life. So if it's helped you, do you think you could share it with a friend? Who do you know who could use just a little bit more gratitude and inspiration in their life? And finally, if you're like me and you love talking about gratitude and being grateful and sharing all things related to gratitude, please join our community on Facebook. You can find us under Groups Gratitude Ambassadors, and we'd love to welcome you into our community. Thanks, and we'll see you at the next episode.